Welcome to the Odds Makers Podcast, presented by Superbook Sports. The line starts here as we take you behind the counter for an all-access look at the biggest events in sports. Through the minds of career Las Vegas odds makers, Jay Cornegay and John Murray. Want the very best in odds boosts, promotions, and contests? Download the Superbook Sports app. Follow us at Superbook Sports on social media and head to Superbook.com. Superbook.com today. Now let's jump behind the counter and talk with the odds makers before we get our wagers down. Here's your MC, Jonathan Von Tobel. What's up, folks? Welcome in. It is the Odds Makers presented by Superbook Sports. Jonathan Von Tobel in buttons today, although I did roll up my sleeves. No collar either. It's the new look nowadays. Jake Cornegay and John Murray alongside in buttons and sleeves elongated. What's up, fellas? How's it going? Yeah, we appreciate the upgrade. Thank you. Of course. You. What, of course. Is he, what is he wearing? Part. There's no buttons? No, there's buttons. just no collar. There is buttons. Two. There's no collar. Oh, yeah. yeah. That looks good. Right? Just like ours. Yeah. yeah. Mine's Short, a little minor. Shorts, though, huh? A little yeah. stressed. Oh, yeah. It's okay. nice outside. It was rainy. Drizzling. It was yeah. rainy this morning. Bah. Drizzling. I couldn't even walk the dog. I'm a, I'm a Vegas oh. guy through and through, so oh, the, the yeah. rain, very scant. I enjoy it when it comes around. Although this summer, or excuse me, this winter has been uh, very long and rainy. Long winter. Yeah. Windy. I like it. Does that mean they yeah. saw the shadow of the groundhog, or that means they didn't if it's longer winter? I think that means that it's longer. Okay. If he did see it. Okay. I don't know, actually. I haven't seen Groundhog Day in a long time. Uh, Tremendous movie, though. seen like the first like 20 minutes. I don't think I've ever seen it. Oh, movie. it's phenomenal. So, <laughs> how's the opening weekend of March Madness? I got to tell you guys, I will. this is, in recent memory, this is one of the um, NCAA tournaments in the first two rounds where I've gone a little too hard. I had to recover on Sunday. Drinking so, or gambling? Uh, both. Mm. Yeah, there was a lot, I was a lot going on. I can see that. How was those the two, those two things are, are definitely correlated. <laughs> Wait, by the, let's just say this. There's on no Thursday, doubt. that's a correlated part. When it's 11 o'clock in the morning and you look down, you're like, wow, I've only been here for two hours. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah. it's, it's quite the start well, to the weekend. Well, we, huh? Where were you drinking? What were you drinking? Uh, first time out, I was at the D local spot out here in Las Vegas. Um, let's see. Uh, just a lot of stuff. I'm a I'm a whiskey guy. You know yeah, what I mean. So on the on the rocks or you know some Jack and Coke. Whiskey on the rocks at eleven in the morning. <laughs> well, no wonder day, you had a long weekend. I had the day off. I had the day oh, off. Okay. Uh, checked out the the South Point Ballroom as well. Yeah, I heard about um, that. You were there with uh, Adam Hill and Mitch Mitch Moss. Correct? That's right. I was two, two uh, Vegas celebrities. Oh yeah, those guys are great. Absolutely. So yeah, I went a little hard. It was nice though. It was fun. Yeah. How'd great. you do on your bets? Uh, I think I'm I'm down a little bit, not like a ton. So if I'm keeping track of everything, I think I'm down like, I don't know, a small bit. Like, I can get it back in one bet, essentially. What not about like a, one of those, I got to get it back yeah. one bet, but you know what I mean. What about if you added in what you lost drinking, like uh, spent drinking, not lost? John, spent. I I, uh, I know people, so. Right. Oh, well, you, you uh, got your drinks for free. Uh, just going to oh, say so that there wasn't a lot of chump change spent on uh, some of the drinks. Then you came out time. ahead. Yeah. Then you're, you're fine. Uh, that's what I'm saying. Okay. I, I feel great. Great. Good for you. Yeah. You sound great. Of course, we good do. spirit. I mean, like, I mean, look, it's it's the tournament. I get to go to the West Regional that's out here in Las Vegas this awesome. week. It's a, it's a great time to yeah, be able to I want to go to that. I'm trying to go Where's on that? Saturday. I want to go to the final. I, I got a, I got a I'm meeting at 4 p.m. on Thursday. Believe well, that. technically, I know I'm a, uh, a okay. Superbook influencer. Yeah. I'm also a, uh, a credentialed media member out here in Las Vegas, so I get to take in the sites, if you know what I mean. I got credentials. I don't know what you mean. No. You got a, you got a credential for the game. Yes, so I'll be doing work for those. You know, nice. for some local, okay. some local stuff. Well, I'm trying to go as a as a normal citizen. Yeah, I won't be having to fun. the regional final. That's for on sure. Saturday. I got to be professional. What yeah. were the prices on those? I haven't even looked. Yeah. Five hundred bucks 500? for the Saturday or Thursday together. Yeah, I think it's both games. Yeah. What about Saturday or three games? Right. Yeah. Five hundred dollars really isn't that much money anymore. You know, it's like a I, hockey ticket I mean, around here. Yeah, that's really sadly not that, it's actually very true. In, uh, in this economy, <laughs> yeah. that's really not that much. 
I better win on Wednesday. <laughs> What's Wednesday? NIT championship? NIT? Yeah. So how many bets did you average per day, you think? Uh, probably first say round, like round. per day, mm-hmm. like seven, eight, something seven? like that per day. I, I'm going to go over. Well, because you know what gets me, and I, I think you guys offer these too, but I really like the the first of 15s or first of 10s. They're yeah. very popular. Okay. They're People a lot of fun. Um, and then second halves, obviously, when you're watching a lot of these games and you're paying attention, especially in the first round, what I like to do is when you get these higher-seeded teams – that face like the really plucky underdogs, right? That give them really good first half efforts and then ultimately kind of flame out in the second half. You know, the ones that came to mind were uh, UConn was a good one against Iona. Uh, Gonzaga, that pushed against Grand Canyon. There are a couple of others throughout um, that really came through in the second half. I did not, thank God, fall into the trap with Purdue, which we'll get to momentarily. But yeah, like those little bets too, like, you know, you kind of get wrapped up into it. But in-game and then those first to 15s are a ton of fun. Yeah. I can see, I mean, most people don't, control it like you do yeah I mean, seven or eight bets yeah. per day that's pretty solid because yes. the people i talk to are more like 14 15 because i've asked Jeez. a few people like that hey it's hey they're they're managing their money they're having mm-hmm. a good time whiskey that's right it's responsible fun it's responsible i don't know if fun. i'd recommend drinking whiskey on the rocks at 11 in the morning it was not it started at nine nine in the morning that's much worse <laughs> it was actually. a day off you know? what are you gonna oh, okay. do day off what does that mean all right I'm cut sorry. it with a little water you're uh, fine okay. uh, you're john fine. i'm sorry my son questioned me having a beer on the golf course at 10.30 in the morning. He See, goes, well, Dad, that's normal it's like behavior. 10.30. I go, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but that's a beer. I Pacific time. Yeah. Uh, What's wrong with that? There's nothing wrong with it. Now he's older. He's like, yeah, give me uh, two beers, Dad. Yeah, so course. I've recapped my weekend. How was the weekend for the Superbook? Pretty solid. Yeah. I mean, Saturday, obviously, was a huge day for almost every operator out there. Thursday, we uh, broke even. Friday, we broke even, unfortunately. Thursday was a lot of bad luck. We had a guy hit a bunch of parlays on on Thursday that just wiped out everything. And then Friday, or excuse me, Sunday was a pretty, I mean, average winner for us. Mm -hmm. But overall, because Saturday was so huge, we'll certainly take it. So a very successful uh, weekend for us. Okay. So I saw a bunch of quotes from anonymous Vegas odds makers that were tap dancing on the graves of public betters, saying that the tournament was, quote, the gift that kept on giving throughout the entire weekend. Yeah, I know that there was. We we would do that through tears. We would would never do that. I like to try to, I like to build up sympathy for us. I I usually try to tell the stories where we lost. I told one to, I think you know David Purdom, ESPN. Mm We got really unlucky in the San Diego State game against Charleston on Thursday, mm-hmm. and I was so upset, and I just felt I felt like the readers really should hear that story yeah. about us being unlucky and then feel sorry for us. Uh, <laughs> that, that's what I was going for with that story. I prefer that. Yeah. The, uh, the, the laughing and the cackling about, you know, betters losing money kind of rubs me the wrong way. No, you we know don't do I mean? that. We would never, first no. of all, we would never let the guys in the back room laugh about anything. Well, it's not really a, it's not really a jovial bunch. We'd I know a few of you. So there is no laughing back there. There's no cackle. I don't think yeah. there's any cackling. I don't no recall it. No fun back there. Ed seems like a cackler. Not. Ed's not a cackler. No. He seems like he's No, a... Ed, I've never heard I don't think I've ever heard Ed laugh. I feel like Ed's got a really high-pitched laugh like a... <laughs> Yeah, and then Jeff uh, <laughs> Jeff doesn't even wa- Jeff's not watching the games though. Uh, Jeff's like Jeff's like looking funny. at golf sh- spreadsheets. Right. Yeah. So he doesn't I don't think he even knows the scores of yeah. the basketball he hasn't, games. He, I don't even think he knows the <laughs> tournament even started. So, he hasn't looked up yet. There's no laughter, John. Don't All worry. Right. So a couple of questions from the weekend that was. First one, uh, let's go to the big result earlier in the week. Uh, Fairleigh Dickinson, Purdue. That was a winner or a loser for you guys? That was a loser. Shocking. Um, really? Shocking, really. Yeah. All right. Now, we we have a few people out there that mm-hmm. when they have those type of upsets, um, you know, we get Texas stating that must have been really, really good for us. <laughs> and uh, we have to say, uh, unfortunately, no. And that's 
I mean, they're just baffled by that. So we do explain it. And, and you know what? Not just the people that we work with and there's others out there. You know, even my, my wife would say, oh, well, that must have been really good for us. It's like, not really. Yeah. Um, as, you know, Purdue was 1 to 100. So we don't find that many people that want to bet 100 to win a dollar. Right. But on the other side of the coin, when you're getting 20 to 1, and you want action, and which most of these people do when they come in here, they're pretty much betting every game. And so when they see a spread like that and they see odds like that where they can go, all right, I can root for FDU and get 20 to 1, give me 50 bucks on that. Give me 40 bucks on that. Give me $100 on that. Give me $5 on that. It accumulates very quickly. Mm -hmm. And so, therefore, we were just rooting for Purdue to win that game. And unfortunately, and I had talked to other operators, and everybody was in the same boat. They all lost on that game, and some of them took some pretty big hits. Some very recognized uh, operators out there mm -hmm. had a lot more liability than we did on that game. Mm -hmm. So with a game like that and a result like that, the individual game, we say it's a loser, but does it? are there a lot of money line parlays that are tied to Purdue in these scenarios? Like, is it does it help in that instance, or is it such a big loser that it doesn't really matter what, what ripple effects come it, from it's that? It's a way bigger loser yeah. than, you know, we do have some of that. You know, they, you know, those that do those money line parlays, do they throw in Purdue? Yes, some of them do, but not a lot. I mean, that price does scare them away. It's really not a, a benefit to them by adding Purdue to those uh, money line parlays. So we do have a little bit of it, but not to overcome all those bets that we took on uh, FDU and the yeah. money line. So that was one of three double-digit seeds in the first round that ended up winning. Princeton gets a win over Arizona. Furman gets a win over Virginia. I want to go to Furman, Virginia first. Did you guys lose on that one too? Because that's a really popular angle, right? It's the 13 and the 4. Everybody thinks, so mm -hmm. who cares what the teams are? You just see the seeds, and it automatically attracts money on some of those 13s. Yeah, we did lose a little bit on that game. Um, you know, it wasn't a lot, but it was a, it was a loser. And again, a lot of people think, wow, you must have done well. It's like, nope. Huh. You know, that's a, that's a case where Furman was a, a popular underdog at that. Uh, that was the first day, right? Yeah, yeah. That was the second game. Okay, yeah. I was still there for that one. Not a great Mentally, decision. I was still uh, there. Not a great decision by that kid throwing the ball uh, blindly. Kihei Clark, what was it? And he's like a 17-year senior. He was there on their championship COVID, team. A COVID senior? Was he just trying to run out the clock, or was he trying to throw it to somebody? No, he was trying to throw it to somebody. There was a lot of there was way too yeah, much time. Way there was a lot short, of time left. Way short. Yeah. Yeah, that wasn't one of those where you throw it, you get possession and throw it up in the air really high so that the time yeah. will run out. Like, no, that mm -hmm. was just a prayer. That was really bad. Not great. No, not That's at a good all. school. UVA is a very good school. You it's expect very, a lot more than that. That's very true very true um and then wanted to ask you guys this too because we also had some other like upsets but when you talked about i wanted to go to some of the seating matchups and recap those because the one that stuck out was a lot of people like those five twelve matchups but all the five seeds won so did that did that help you out is that noticeable at all when you get all of these five seeds who win because these seeding trends if you will are very well, popular well, San Diego State. Yeah. Drake, Jay? Like, yep drake yeah. our 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 bosses or people we work with were shocked that we did so poorly on that game because they were saying, oh, I heard Drake was a very popular pick. Well, not really. I mean, we, we needed Drake huge in that game against Miami. Mm -hmm. We had all sorts of parlays going to Miami. That was a real painful game watching Drake cough that one up. I think yep. that was Thursday. Maybe yeah, was sixteen Friday. to you know, it was Friday. a sixteen to one run at the end of I think Friday. Yeah, no good, yeah. Yeah. no good job. Well, I mean, there were some stories about Drake, and there was a lot of stories yep. between five and twelve, and so there were some educated play on Drake. I, I but. You know, you never know, really. It's, it's really t 
tough to to figure these out, these betting patterns, you know, and how they unfold. And all of a sudden, the betting public, you know, they love these underdogs. Drake was a perfect, you know, underdog, but it was just a little short for the public eye. When they see plus two, plus two and a half, mm-hmm. nope, it's Miami. I'll take Miami minus two, two and a half. But when it comes to someone like six or what, what was Furman? Uh, Furman was, was five. Yeah. 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 So it was, I mean, it, it's, it's unpredictable, really. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I wish they'd have a little bit more consistency, but you never know until the game tips on who you're going to need. Yeah. Except um, for that Duke-Tennessee game. As soon as that matchup was set, I, I, we were just like, oh, my God, we're going to need Tennessee for our lungs on yep. Saturday. Hey, you got it. Yeah. So you, have, exactly you still have your lungs. Happened. There are that's some for, exceptions. That's exactly yeah. what happened. That Good was for you one. guys. Really happy to hear yeah, that. Yeah, I figured you'd be happy about that. How much, uh, <laughs> how, how much swung on the three-pointer with seven-tenths of a second left on the clock with TCU and well, Gonzaga? Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because I, I was interviewed about that game a couple times yesterday. Oh, well, uh, mm-hmm. So I don't obviously – Wait, hold on. First off, you're not saving the goods for this? No, I just give it to whoever asks first. What is happening? Uh, so I don't consider that to be like some historically bad beat. They had to no. call a foul with 0.7 seconds left for Gonzaga to be covering the point spread in the first place. Now, once they made the two free throws, it was an amazingly bad beat that the kid actually bothered to roll the ball right. all the way past half court, grab it, and shoot it into the basket. is unbelievable. One of the worst three-point shooting teams yeah. in the country, too, by the way. Like but That's you know, the other part about it. Like For me to consider something to be like an all-time bad beat They've got to be covering the whole way yes. and give it up at the end. And that wasn't the case. TC was up at halftime. They were leading at, at points in the second half, and they were covering with .7 seconds left. They could have just as easily not bothered to even call that foul and just let the game end. Mm-hmm. Well, the same thing with San Diego State, yeah. right? Yeah. They didn't need to call that foul oh. at .7. Did you guys happen to see that end of the Eastern Washington-Oklahoma State game? I did because that was even probably worse. That was yes. a I would consider that a bad beat for those that had Oklahoma that, that State. That is the NIT, correct? That is the, the NIT. For those who are yeah. listening, like, Hi. right? Like, NIT. NIT. Wait, wait, those two teams, yeah. right? No, you're right. It was NIT. I mean, Oklahoma State actually conceded the game. They were up by 14, dribbling out the clock, and then about they didn't even take a shot because mm-hmm. they conceded. You know, that they were up by 14. That was it. They weren't going to rub it in. Uh, Eastern Washington gets the ball back with about six seconds to go. Coach is saying, hold up, hold up. The guy dribbles up to the top of the uh, three-point line. He looks over. The team's already started to shake hands. And he looked over. I'm not sure who shot it, but the player for Eastern Washington looked over to the sidelines, and Coach is just like that. And he's like, looked over, took a look at the basket, decides to shoot it. All right. Now, the thing was, the cameras go right to the handshaking. Right. So you don't know if it went in or not. No, you, don't, you don't actually see it, the yeah, shot on TV. Go, yeah, it goes, and then all of a sudden, the, the score changes. So yeah. it went from 14, they were a 14-point lead, down to 11. Of course, the spread was 11 and a half. Mm-hmm. And that, That's a that, was, that was a, yeah, I thought that was That's worse than the Gonzaga thing. I've never, I don't yeah. think I've ever seen that, where the camera pans away, and they're, like, showing the coaches changing are uh, exchanging handshakes, and then you just see this, the ticker go up by three points. You don't actually see the basket. Uh, that, that was really bad. All right, last one about the first two rounds. So everybody and their mother was making a really big deal going into Sunday. I think it was 32-11 and 11 to the under the, the first 43 games or so or whatever it was. Uh, but then, of course, on Sunday, what do you get? You get six of the eight games to go over. So when it comes to betting trends like that, right, over a short sample size of a couple of days, is that something you guys take note of? 
Is that something the mar- I think the market takes note of it, right? Because on Sunday, almost every single one of those games moved to the under by about two or three points. Mm-hmm. But you guys, does that matter at all to you when you see the first three days and such a rash of unders come in? I, I think we have a difference of opinions back there. I mean, we're aware of it. We know that the, the, the games are going under. We know that uh, there's some trends that people will follow. Uh, it doesn't really affect what I'm thinking back there. I, I mean, we're aware of it. And I think that the talk on Sunday morning, actually, the, the discussions that we had were there's some of the overs are going to come in. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, you're going to see more a little, a little bit more offense on Sunday than we did these other days. And that's exactly what happened. But I don't know. Like I said, we have a different opinion. What do you I, I, would, I wouldn't put much stock into it all. I would still just book it based on the way we see the sharp yeah. bets come in on the totals. It would have no impact, like what happened the day before. I did notice, uh, one thing I noticed a lot this weekend was players losing their footing out there. Uh, I feel like that happened quite a bit. And I, I saw a lot of instances where the players slipped. And if you slip and fall to the ground, that's traveling. Yeah. And a lot of times they would call a foul on the defender. And it's like, what? Like the guy just slipped and fell to the ground. I don't know if the... They don't call that anymore. Right? Really... It should be a travel. If, he, right, but, if, the right? guy, if the guy's untouched and he just falls with the ball, that's traveling. Unless he it's like, a dribble up. You know? I, that these guys weren't keeping the dribble up. <laughs> I just don't a, think they call like they don't call three seconds anymore. They don't call. No, they and don't when we, when players fall down on the ground, they they rarely call traveling anymore. Just like three seconds. I don't like it because it's not as fun. It's not as fun to call traveling. It's more fun as a ref to call like a yeah, like a you know yeah. They a like, like going like the other way. Right, yeah, foul so that they can make a big demonstrative. So they can scene. go halfway down the court and go yeah, and point you. the other direction. I got you. All right, this is a favorite thing. All right, we'll move on to what we have in the Sweet 16 and then eventually the Elite Eight. Do We do get a West Regional out here for the first time. That's going to be mm-hmm. a ton of fun. T-Mobile Arena, uh, and it's a good one, man. UConn is going to take on Arkansas. UCLA taking on Gonzaga. Uh, UConn, a three-and-a-half-point favorite, total of 140 against Arkansas. And then UCLA, a two-point favorite, total of 145-and-a-half versus Gonzaga. I'm going to start with that second game. Uh, how popular is this one going to be? Because this looks like a primetime matchup. It's going to be fantastic. Thursday at 6.45 p.m. Pacific time. And two popular programs, right, when it comes to how good they're going to be in the grand scheme of things. And we saw the market move a little bit. Some spots open pick. Now we're up to UCLA minus two. I don't know. That last matchup, UCLA and Gonzaga, I think is going to be tremendous. I think that will get plenty of action. Two teams, two fan bases that are used to being here. They were just here uh, a couple of weeks ago. So, um, you know, when UCLA is playing at this level, they their fan base uh, somewhat shows up. Gonzaga will show up. I was a little disappointed, actually, uh, for Vegas not getting uh, Kansas out here because Kansas, I mean, they basically turn the strip into Lawrence. I mean, there's they're just they just travel so well. Uh, but still a terrific matchup in that first one. UConn and Arkansas. I think UConn. UConn underneath is just so big. They, John, they look really we gotta good. Keep they, the, we got to keep the ticket prices down. You want Kansas to be here too? I'm not going. Oh, I'm not, not going. going. Yeah. Oh, okay. Wow. I, I I was rooting against a few of those teams. I wanted to keep the ticket prices somewhat manageable. You know, I was gonna I was gonna bring this back Some to the fact to work. that uh, I know Kansas. There were some On Kansas Saturday, fans. They got a tough. To work. They got a tough draw, right? So it, it played out. They got a tough draw, right? They had to yeah. travel a little bit. Oh, so. they had to travel. Yeah. I I, uh, I think uh, Kansas really had a tough second round matchup. Yeah. And that no and no Bill Self. Arkansas is probably better than the they were seeded, but. No, that was a great game. We we did very well in that game as well. But I, I think it, it says a lot about how highly power rated UConn is mm-hmm. that basically they have the same spread against Arkansas that Kansas did. UConn is playing to that high of a number right now. So the the UCLA Gonzaga that's the marquee game of the Sweet Sixteen. Right. 
Uh, but UConn-Arkansas is another very, very good game. The West Regional is really solid. Well, and I'm glad you showed, I'm glad you brought up power ratings. Let's go to the East Region because, you know, th- throughout the entire year, a team that never really stuck out to me was Michigan State, right? But then you find them in a second-round matchup against a two-seed. They're only catching three, right, against Marquette. Well, Kansas and they, State was playing to a, a bad number towards the end of the year. You know, their yep. last regular season game, they were in Morgantown against West Virginia. They were like a four-and-a-half point, five-point dog in that game. Second round on Sunday, they're a three-point dog against six-seeded Kentucky, and that was a great win by Michigan State over Marquette. So I, I get it. I don't know. I, I don't, I, I'm surprised it's as high as it is, I guess. So, oh, so you're Michigan expressing State doubt in Michigan too. State being favored as two, two points I, I here? I think no? maybe Kansas State might be being a little overlooked there because uh, they, they were very impressive against Kentucky on Sunday. That was a very we, good win. We talked in the back room. We thought that it was going to be around a pick em. And it showed up, uh, you know, Sparty at two. We just thought it was a little high. We thought it would uh, be a pick em game. I, I mean, I know Michigan State, and a lot of people talk about it, Izzo and just being geared and being tournament ready, ready, and I guess he deserves that. But Kansas State, I thought they've looked really good the first two games. No doubt. What about Tennessee? How much, did, how much respect did they garner from the market by beating Duke the way that they did in that game? Because now they get Ford Atlantic. For those who weren't paying attention, the FA knew you number for that game against Fairleigh Dickinson was wild. What, what did you guys get up to, 16? It's like 15 and a half. 15 and a half. We, we would have, you know, Jay talked about the Purdue game. He's right. We did very poorly on that game. We would have done even worse if Fairleigh Dickinson had won again on Sunday. Because, again, they were all betting money line against, uh, against the Owls. Yep. Florida Atlantic almost coughed that game up in the second half. So uh, we'll see. If, uh, Tennessee got some sharp money here. They laid five, mm-hmm. moved us to five and a half. Incredible draw for the Vols because mm-hmm. you know, I think they were kind of left for dead. Point guard got hurt, but their one seed goes out in the first round. Their two seed goes out in the second round, and you know, they've got as good a chance as anybody right now in the East region. You know, so you, John, you mentioned Kansas State maybe getting a little shorted near the end of the year by the rate, by the market. I kind of feel like I'm there with Miami at this point right now, right? Because you see the game against Drake. You guys mentioned it. Drake was pretty popular when it came to some of the windows and some of the talking heads pointing Drake as a team that maybe could have made a run. That number is only about two and a half. They had to come back and win that game, but they do it. Markham was against them against Indiana. They win that game comfortably. Now here they are taking on Houston. Like, I wonder if maybe this is still getting short, but I like this Miami team, man. Like, they're, they're a good team. They made a run last year. They've got good guards, really high ceiling on offense. I, I'm very intrigued by this Miami team, and the market does not really seem to really like them that much. Houston was just so impressive in the second half against Auburn. Yeah. I mean, they, they, I really thought they were in trouble going into halftime. They were down by 10, almost a home game for Auburn. They played that game in Birmingham, Alabama. And then in the second half, Houston locked in defensively mm-hmm. and just crushed them. Uh, and Auburn was terrible at the free throw line, and I understand that Houston can't control that. But it was a very, very impressive second-half performance. That looked like the best team in the tournament. If Houston gives that effort on defense, I mean, they might be the team that's cutting down the nets in a couple of weeks. That was impressive. But I do like Jim Laranega a lot, to your point. He's a great coach. Uh, I thought when he left to go to Miami, he was just kind of riding off into the sunset, Mm -hmm. and it's been anything but. I mean, he's done an amazing job down there. I remember talking about that. But when Miami shoots like that, they look so good. I mean, they – I mean, when they shoot well, any team that shoots really well, especially from the three-point, all of a sudden, you know, you got to upgrade them. And, uh, you know, the eye appeal that uh, Miami has, ex- you know, especially after that shooting performance last game, they looked really good. But I'm I'm kind of on the Houston bandwagon a little bit just because of, you know, how they play defense. Yeah. 
What about the South region? Alabama, the uh, Mountain West gets the monkey off their back, right? Was it 10 out of 11? Uh, they had lost, and now the other three Mountain West programs did not fare very well. But San Diego State gets a pair of wins to move on to the Sweet 16. Alabama, 7.5, total of 137. The total was weird. Did you guys move as much here? Because the total opened up like 137. During the week, got down to as low. Consensus, we'll call it 135.5. Now we're back up to like 137, 137.5. We had the same kind of movement. I don't yeah. remember the particulars as far as the exact numbers, but I, I look at that south region now, and, and you look at San Diego State, mm-hmm. um, Creighton, and Princeton, and then you got Bama. And I saw Bama's like a dollar thirty to win that South. I thought that was a little cheap price. I really did. I just like you got to go through San Diego State, which I I, I think they can handle. Mm-hmm. All right, um, the uh, San Diego State offense can struggle at times, and against a defense like that, I I'm not expecting. I'm, hopefully, it's a close enough game because I think we're going to need San Diego State in that game. Mm-hmm. But the other side of the coin, Creighton and Princeton, you got uh, what a six seed and a fifteenth seed, uh, and a number one seed. I just think uh, the what sticks out to me is that price for the South region, Alabama minus a dollar thirty to win those two games. I think that's too cheap. Yeah. Well, I, I think Alabama looks like the best team in the country right now. So we, we had some of the teams that I thought were at the top get eliminated last week, like Kansas. But right now, Alabama, Houston look like they're a cut above everybody else. And I would point to Alabama as being the best team. Houston's got a tougher bracket. In the mm-hmm. Midwest, they've got to go through Miami Texas. and then either Texas or Xavier. So the Midwest regional is really, really tough. It looks like the best of the four regionals. So could be some value there in Alabama with their two seed being knocked out and their three seed being yep. knocked out. Arizona and Baylor both going you, out. Well, on the other side, they have to match, you know, where Purdue was eliminated. Marquette was eliminated. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess Kansas State is still down there. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, on the left side of the bracket, uh, Alabama, I'm not going to say they have an easy road, but an easier road than anybody on the other side. Sure. you got Houston, Texas, UCLA, and, of course, UConn and Arkansas. I mean, you can't you know, just bypass those, those two teams either. So um, a much tougher bracket on the other side. That's such a big part of the tournament, though. Everybody gets all bent out of shape about the draw and about who's the overall number one seed, and none of it means anything. The only thing that matters is who gets the easy road once the upsets start. Uh, Houston got no favors on their side of the bracket. Alabama, like to Jay's point, all, pretty much all the other top teams on the left side of the bracket are out. Yep. So there's no excuse right now for the Crimson Tide. They should get to the Final Four, probably should be in the national championship game. Real quick, do you guys have liability on Creighton? Because Creighton's one of those teams that everybody kept throwing out there as a potential dark horse to make a run. And, of course, they're in that region with Alabama. I don't think no, we do. No, we're good on Creighton. Okay, cool. It's Texas yeah. and Gonzaga. All right. Yep. Texas and Gonzaga are the two teams that we're stuck to, but Texas and Gonzaga have tough draws. Yep. Texas has to play Xavier and then likely Houston just to get to the Final Four, and, and Gonzaga's a dog against UCLA on Thursday, and they'd have a tough game either. No matter who won that other game, Arkansas-UConn, none of the point spreads would be too wide amongst those four teams. Those are four really good teams. Just a reminder. Gonzaga was my national championship selection. So yeah. we talked yeah. about that on the show. Were you not nervous at all on, on Sunday against TCU? <laughs> not at all. Not at all. Not at all. Uh, I won't. Not at all, not boy. At all. Even um, they were down by five. Uh, even though they were down, and I will say that you know I mentioned it was a small loser for the entire you know first two rounds. Would have mm-hmm. been a, a small winner had Gonzaga not allowed that three point shot to go in. Oh. That way, it was a very sad day. Well, that is tough. All right, before we get out of here, any any notable bets came in on any of these games? Like anything that stuck out from a large wager selection? Just some respected plays Just here and there. Just some sharp money on Tennessee yeah. and some uh, some sharp money on Xavier. They took four and a half 
right when we opened that game. Like right when we opened the game, they took four and a half and went to four. I think you can still get four and a half pretty easily out there. Mm. We but, have seen some sharp money on the CBI tournament. Oh, yeah. Ooh, so San Jose State's making a run, yeah. I think, right? No, no, they, they got eliminated. Oh, they got eliminated? Yeah, Radford beat them. Tell you what, yeah. you want it, this is the, the depth of my CBI knowledge before we get out of here. I'm just going to say that back in 2016, okay, there was a little program, a little engine that could. Nevada Wolfcap, uh, Wolfpack had a nice player. His name is Cam Oliver. Their head coach, Eric Musselman, was his first year there. Never heard of him. Went there. They won it against Moorhead State in the three-game series. Went on to do some mm-hmm. pretty good things. So I would not sleep yeah. on the results of the CBI so some the of these CBI, young programs. Why are we talking about the CBI? We're not even, we're not even going to talk about the World Baseball Classic? We would, but I'm out of time. Oh. <laughs> World Baseball Classic, terrific event. Can't wait. That was an semifinal awesome game last, last night. night. It was awesome. I can't wait to watch the final yep. tonight. And we at the Superbook are big fans of the United States. Yes, we are. We need USA big in that game, not just because we love the United States, but also because we got big liability on Japan. So oh, okay. There you go. Go USA. Uh, also a fantastic event. You guys still doing this uh, win total contest for the baseball season? That's of course. Yes. See? Yeah. Huh? See? Promotion. Check that out. Sign up for the uh, MLB win total contest. You guys know I love contests. I'll sign up. Yeah, you're a big con- I'm, I'm a big contest man. guy, too. In I person. Like a lot of right? contests. Yeah. Of oh. course. Every time. Come on. That's all I do. You should have seen all the paper tickets I had over the week. You know, there's certain nostalgia <laughs> to it. You got to do it. All right. Uh, liners to sprinkle in for you guys. I just pulled the Ron Burgundy and read that like right off of the email for some reason. Uh, if you have a gambling problem, of course, want to emphasize, call 1-800-GAMBLER. And if you're looking to catch Sweet 16 Elite 8 games at the book this weekend, make sure to come see us at the Superbook of the Westgate, Las Vegas, Lodge Casino in Blackhawk, Colorado, or the newly added Taps L House in Cincinnati and is always up on social. Superbook Sports and Superbook.com. Stay on top of all the latest odds, boosts, and promos. Until then, we'll talk to you next week here on The Odds Makers. You've been locked into The Odds Makers Podcast. The Odds Makers Podcast, presented by Superbook Sports, featuring Jay Cornegay, John Murray, and Jonathan Von Toll. Hit our subscribe button, rate, review, and never miss out on weekly behind the counter access to the biggest events in sports. The Oddsmakers Podcast is a production of Green Roll Media. Green Roll Media, the world's premier sports betting podcast network.